This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. Thanks for checking in again with Truth and Power. I'm Ryan Edberg, and I'm excited about today's message. Um, we've been talking a little bit about if you haven't listened to Holy Spirit 1 and 2, and then the peace that passes all understanding, go check those messages out, and you'll be caught up for today's message. I'm going to talk about being empowered and sent out, and this is going to be um, the Christian's life for horsepower in your life. So I'm going to talk about this just a little bit here. I want you guys to go check out KingdomYouthConference.com if you want to support the ministry and all the events that we do across the country for youth. Um, go check that out. Um, you can also, um, there's an events page. You can see all the cities. Bring a group out there. We want to do our events for free, but we can't do that without your guys' help. So thank you for supporting the ministry and what we're doing. Last time on Truth and Power, we were listening to, um, or we were reading through Scripture in John um, 16 and 5, where it starts to go through uh, 5 and 6. We read about how Jesus was there, and he said a crazy phrase. He said, it is to your advantage that I go away, right? What is he saying? To your advantage means something better, right? Um, you're not going to take something worse and say this is to your advantage, right? That doesn't make sense. So, to your advantage means something better is coming. Now, that is a profound statement to think that something better than Jesus Christ standing there in the flesh is even possible, right? So Jesus is sitting here telling his disciple, it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And we realize that that helper is the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And if Jesus himself is saying, you want to know what's even better than me standing here? Is me living on the inside of you, right? It's not just me standing here. We can look at ourselves. I want to be on the inside of you, working with you every day to change this world, right? So then he tells his disciples to go in Acts 2 on Pentecost and go wait for power, right? And the Holy Spirit falls on them and the disciples' lives we're never the same again. We see people lining up the streets streets with the sick people that just a shadow from the disciples would fall on them and would heal the sick. Now, you've got to realize that that's not what the disciples look like before. You remember the disciples before the Holy Spirit living on the inside looked like people who were swearing at children, denying Jesus, um, doing all this stuff and it doesn't look like them anymore. As soon as Jesus dies, they're hiding out, running and hiding, cutting off the ears of people. Like this is the disciples, but yet then the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of them. Their ministry changed in a different way. The same as Jesus's did when he was baptized and the Spirit fell on him like a dove. Right after that moment, his ministry had horsepower and you see many miracles come from the life of Jesus. And then you see here, in John 16, where it says that it is to their advantage that he is to go away. So I want to read something to you in uh, Matthew 9, 35 through 30, 38. This is what it says. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What was he doing? It says, Healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, that's crazy to see that there wasn't just some of them that he could do. He wasn't just waiting to see if they were righteous enough. He wasn't seeing if it was his will or not. He wasn't doing anything, but he was healing every sickness and every disease among the people. 
But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he and his disciples, and this is what he says. He says, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. And he says, therefore, let the Lord of the harvest, um, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Well, this is crazy because um, Jesus is there healing all kinds of sickness. And then he says, um, we need to pray that there's more of me, right? We need to pray that the Lord of the harvest, right? This is God's harvest. This isn't our harvest. When we do a meeting and there's the altars filled with students, um, we don't get to pat ourselves on the back. That's God's harvest. And he's pulling them in. We're just the laborers. We're the workers of that harvest. So Jesus is telling his disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the field. Why? It says, because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. What does that mean? It means there's a lot to do out there, but not too many people who are ready. It means that there's a lot to do in the kingdom of God here on earth, but there's not too many that are filled with the spirit and moving in power like they should be. And so when I read this and I see the power of God on the disciples like this, um, the very next verse in Matthew 10, 1, it says, And then he called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. This is exactly what Jesus was doing, right? Then he tells them to pray to send out labors. Now, there's a lot of people in church that are praying for revival, right? But I love this because Jesus says, pray for revival, but then he sends them out right? It's not just pray for the revival and watch the door to see who's coming through. This is, all right, pray to the Lord of the harvest because there's so much work to be done and not enough people. All right, you said your prayer? Great. Now get out there. I'm going to give you everything that I've got. So he said he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sicknesses, to heal... Um, and all kinds of diseases. It's not just some of the diseases. It was all kinds, right? And this is just so powerful if we realize what Jesus was doing and what he was saying there. There's so much work to be done in the kingdom. I believe that there's going to be a huge revival coming through this this um, country, but yet there's not enough people. The church is even, even ready if there's a huge revival. If, you know, thousands and thousands of people started coming through church, there's not enough spirit-filled Christians to disciple them, right? We, we got to start to look at this. We got this Holy Spirit on the inside of us. It's this horsepower that we're supposed to go out and look like Jesus. Look in Romans um, 8, and let's start in 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which we cannot utter. If you look at this here, some of the translations say, likewise the Spirit helps in our infirmities. Well, we've turned infirmities into like a sickness or a disease, right? And it's not really that. I like the word weakness here in the New King James Version because 
the Holy Spirit will help you in anywhere you lack, is really what it was saying in the Greek when, when it was being written, is that the Holy Spirit is going to help you where you fall short, right? And in this, it goes straight into, for we do not know what we should even pray as we ought to. Like one of your weaknesses, one of your shortcomings is we don't even know what to pray about, right? How many times have you sat down to pray and find your mind wandering, realize you've been there for 10 minutes and said two words, but you're thinking about your work or your kids or something else, right? Thinking about your friends, whatever it is. Um, literally, the Holy Spirit can help you pray. It's one of your infirmities. It's one of your uh, weaknesses is that we don't even know how to pray like we should. But the Holy Spirit makes intercessions with groanings, right? We can be praying in the Spirit. Why? Because then our mind can't even wander because we don't even need our mind to be praying in the Spirit. We need our faith, right? Because it's not you that prays. And we could go back into that. You can um, go back to a few other teachings that I did on praying in the Spirit and why that is so important, right? Because I don't know what to pray all the time. You know, there's there's horsepower things that only God knows. And you need to go check out the message dominion that we've done. Why can we even pray like that? Why is speaking in tongues even necessary? Why did Jesus have to come down as a man? And you realize that dominion and God giving man authority, right? There's horsepower when you pray. The Holy Spirit is using your dominion, your um, God-given authority on this earth, your um, words, you were created in the image of God. So call those things that be not as though they were, scripture says. But you're putting your faith to something that you don't even understand. And God's taking your gibberish and he's putting the supernatural on top of your natural, right? And so a lot of people think, well, speaking in tongues is weird. True, right? It's, it's weird that you don't understand something like that. But if you can understand everything about God, he's not really God. If you want to put God in such a small box that you can comprehend everything, um, you've really done him a disservice. So I just want to look through scripture. I want to believe it for what it says. And then I want to put action to my belief. Right? And so you see here that a lot of people think that, um, that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that he's going to take over you. So now the Holy Spirit's working in my life. I'm just going to take over my body and I'm just going to start speaking in tongues and I'm going to have an out of body experience that I can um, just hear myself speak and I'm not even going to be in control. That's not true at all, right? That's called demonic. The Holy Spirit's not trying to possess you and take over you. He's trying to empower you, right? He's in there, not that, you know, all oh, some words are coming out of my mouth and now I'm prophesying and I didn't even know that. Oh, now, now I'm floating through the air and now I'm going over and now I'm healing somebody. No, we put faith to what the word says, right? And then you do an action, right? Every time in scripture, um, in James, it talks about you show me your your works, I'll show you my faith, and works without faith is dead, and we kind of get um, confused on this, but actually this works that it's talking about is not a works as we think of as in the law, that we have to do something to get God to do something, but a faith with works means I believe it so much that I'm going to put action to my belief system. I'm going to believe that when scripture says that believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you will be saved so much that I'm going to actually do it. I believe the scripture when it says that lay hands on the sick, I believe that so much 
that I'm going to go lay hands on the sick and they will recover, right? So with everything in Scripture, this is the belief system of what you believe. And so the, the Holy Spirit is not possessing or overtaking you with speaking in tongues or prophecy or healing or anything. He's empowering you and it's your faith that puts it into action, right? It's your faith that causes salvation. Your sins were paid for and dealt with 2,000 years ago. When you put faith to what Jesus already did, there's horsepower um, behind that, right? And you see, even in First Corinthians fourteen, um, go read First Corinthians fourteen twenty six through thirty six, and it goes through even the protocol of it and the Holy Spirit. And it says at the very end in thirty three, it says the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets, right? So you're not just being taken over or possessed, but your spirit are, is subject to you. You can release it with your faith, right? That's why the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you can look at Christians and see they look like just every, everybody else. Why is that? Is because they're not activating what's on the inside. They're, they're not even believing what's on the inside, so they're not activating it. So they're just sitting there and literally nothing's happening, right? But the spirit of the prophets are subject to the, the prophets. First Corinthians 14, go look at 33, read through that. It says in um, Jude one twenty, start there. It says, "Beloved, or but you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ and to eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the." garment defiled by the flesh. You see here that when you're praying in the spirit, that's your most holy faith, right? That's what it's, scripture is literally saying. Why? Because it's not just, uh, he's taken over me. No, you even got to believe that what you're saying isn't just you. You're going to say words and it is going to be you. But when you put your faith to it, that's the Holy Spirit moving in power, right? And so I want you guys to be encouraged here because when we see what God is really doing and we're filled with this power and sent out, right? It wasn't just filled with this power of the Holy Spirit so we could sit around and have this this uh, tickle me Jesus moment or this you know jerk and shake and fall on the ground type moment. It was so that we could go out and be sent out in power. And so Jesus, we see his ministry with horsepower when the Holy Spirit came upon him at baptism. Then we see in Acts 2, the disciples changed and never acted the same. Now we need to have our lives look like the believers because it says that those signs will follow those who believe. And we have a, a lot of Christians who are trying to chase after signs so that they can believe in them when that's 100% backwards. I want to go to this healing ministry because if I can see somebody get healed, then I'll know it just happens, right? I'll know it's real. If I can just um, go to, you know, this this miracle service and if I see it, then I'll believe, you know, if God really speaks in tongues through me, then I can believe in it. No, it's only going to happen after you first believe in it. And how can you believe in something you don't see? <laughs> I hope that's not the question because God wants to be believed. We need to realize that the word is more real than what we see because the word of God is what created everything that we can see. 
So the word is the greater reality. And when we put our faith to the word, we can be empowered and sent out. And that's what I want you guys to see, that the that the fields are ripe for harvest, but there's not too many people ready. Why? They don't even believe in the Holy Spirit, let, let alone let him function through you in your everyday life, let alone let him pray through you, let alone let him heal through you, let alone let him. And again, this is not your power, right? This is God living on the inside of you, looking for an empty vessel. That's why it says less of me, more of you, God, right? It's because literally everything here is, is based off of our faith and we need to activate the Holy Spirit on the inside of us by our faith because the harvest is so big right now. There's so many people, but the laborers are really few. And so Jesus empowered them and then said, pray for laborers to be sent out. Now go. And today I want to encourage you guys to get this revelation to get this understanding in your heart and to realize that God is wanting to move through you in power and that it's not just for you to be sitting there with power, but it's so that you can go out into the fields and so that you can go out and be everything that God has called you to be. There's a hurt and dying world out there, your friends and neighbors. You don't have to be a missionary to Africa to have this function. I promise you, wherever you go to work, wherever you go into town, wherever you go grocery shopping, there's people that need a touch from God. It's a ministry field out there, but yet we don't even want to open our mouths because it's weird. What would people think, right? That's called the labors aren't, are few. The labors aren't ready. And do you want to be one of those labors that God says they're not ready yet? Or do you want to be the labor that actually activates their faith and actually does something with it? I believe this gospel so much that I'm going to do something about it, right? So this is what we're talking about with today's message, being empowered and then sent out right after it. It's not enough for us to come to church and just get empowered. Just have, oh, I've been struggling through the week. I want to be encouraged this week. That's great. After you're encouraged, now go out and encourage somebody, right? Well, I'm just struggling this week. I'm going to go to church and so I can get my feet on solid ground. Praise God. But then after it's on solid ground, go pull somebody else up on solid ground. Too often we get on solid ground and then we wait for us to be on shaky ground again and go back to get on solid ground. No, Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. It's with power in such a huge way that we need to go out there and be the hands and feet of Jesus. You've been empowered. It was a free gift that Jesus told the disciples, freely you have received. Now freely give. Freely you have um, got the Holy Spirit. Now freely give everything that goes with the Holy Spirit, right? Freely you've been empowered. Now freely bless people right? It's his power. We are just the conduits of that. We just have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And the moment you start to not look at it as his power and you look at it as your power, you're going to be in a world of hurt. <laughs> I promise you that. But today, I just want to encourage you guys to go out there and and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Be aware of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. What is he saying to you about those around you? Be praying, God, what do you want me to do today for this generation? God, what do you want me to do at my workplace today? God, what do you want me to do at school today? Whatever it is, I promise you that you'll get horsepower in your life and there'll be opportunities that arise and you'll hear the voice of God on the inside of you say, they need you. They need me, but they need you to go and pray for them. They need you to open your mouth. They need you to lay hands and then I'll come. 
And so be encouraged. I want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of or podcast of of Truth and Power. Go check out kingdomyouthconference.com. Check out the cities we're going to be in. Bring a group out. Come on out. Hang out with us. Um, if you guys like what we're doing, and this is really encouraging and blessing, you can go to kingdomyouthconference.com and you can click donate. You can support the ministries. We want to do free youth conferences all over the country because the fields are ripe with harvest, right? And so we need funds to to back us to go out there and put these events on. So thank you for partnering us. Thanks for listening to Truth and Power, and we will catch you soon. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to KingdomYouthConference.com or follow him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.